My message today is entitled, In Search of Wisdom. By God's grace, we have made it through 2020. Amen? And now into 2021. And while hope is on the horizon for an end to the current pandemic, one casualty that has affected everyone is the unraveling of truth and trustworthiness in society. With so many serious challenges we are facing and attempting to navigate through, many people have no idea who they can trust to give them the truth in order to make a necessary decision. Without a foundation of truth, confusion rushes in. Doubt grows daily and fear holds many captive. Is there an antidote to our current malady? Is there a remedy to what ails us as people? Absolutely there is, but it's not something that just drops into our laps or something that comes easily. The answer is available to all who are willing to make the effort, but it does take a real effort and a real devotion to seek after it. You see, one of the things that's happened in society, as many of you know, is this movement of entitlement. People feel entitled that they deserve things. Yet before a just and holy God, we don't deserve anything that we have, but by His grace. And even as wisdom, God asks us to seek after Him. Not just say, oh, I'm a Christian, so I'm entitled to all that. There is no entitlement. We have to seek God and make the effort. Are you willing to go and search for wisdom from God? Are you willing to seek after the purest of truth that cannot be tainted by man? Are you willing to persevere until God has planted His perfect wisdom in your heart so that your navigation is sure? And your discernment is true. And your confidence is unshakable. Then you must be, must begin this search this year in search of God like never before. You must not only, you must not look to the world for wisdom or to the news for understanding for you will only find confusion and fear and anger and doubt. It will continue to rattle you and confuse you and bring despair. God's wisdom is the only thing that can guide you each day in our current terrain of lies and deception and conspiracies and anything else that seeks to keep you bound in fear. The book of wisdom in the Old Testament is the book of Proverbs. Many people read it as a daily devotion or read over a couple of Scriptures. And yet, if we're not careful, we read things too quickly and we don't understand the nugget of what is given to us right there. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 1 says, My son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you. It's conditional. It all begins with us being willing to receive from the Lord. We must turn to Him first, and expect that He has something new to give us each and every day. 
God does not want to see His people flounder. He has called us to walk in His authority in this world. But we can't do it in our own strength or in our own logic or from our own perspective. We must receive His Word into our hearts and minds. His Word must go deep. Many times people look at the Word or read the Word or hear the Word, but it doesn't go deep enough to get to the heart. His Word has to go deep through reflection, through meditation on His Word, through study. We must treasure His commands within us. What does that mean? It has to be more than just listening to a sermon or reading the book or reading a few verses of Scripture. We have to receive His Word at the heart level. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 says the Word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. You see, the reason why so many people are struggling today is that God's Word is rarely received in the way that it has been intended. First, we have to believe that His Word is indeed living and powerful, activating faith in us every time we receive it down to the heart level. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing between the soul and the spirit, touching the mind, the will, and the emotions. And if we allow this piercing to happen, because many times we don't allow the piercing to happen, it's not that God's Word fails. It's that we don't allow the piercing to happen to get down into our hearts. If we allow this piercing to happen to cut away impure motives of the heart, to expose our sins and our shortcomings, to lay us bare before the Lord without trying to make justification or excuses, then and only then His Word has the power to change us from within. There are many that say they trust in the Lord. There are many that can quote Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 to trust in the Lord with all their heart and lean not on their own understanding and in all your ways acknowledge Him. He will direct your paths. But do you really trust the Lord? Do you really believe when you pray the Word that God holds truth to His Word? That God is going to bring truth to your life? Are you willing to go before God Bear. To, to bear it all before God. Are you willing to go in and acknowledge your sins and your wrongs and your own shortcomings before God? Or do you not trust God? Do you not trust His grace? Many people are not willing to be completely honest before God. And so they hold something back. Or if something touches them a little too much, they push it out. And it never allows to pierce between their soul and their spirit. Because in reality, they don't trust that God is good. They trust that they're going to be shamed or pushed away or punished. And yet God says, I love you with an everlasting love. It is because of His grace and it is because of the blood of Jesus that we can approach God even though we are sinners. We need to trust that God, number one, already knows what we have done. 
He already knows our sinful thoughts and actions even before we do them, and He still invites us to come near. So when we talk about trusting God, it means, God, I trust You enough to be honest with You to come before You without justification or excuses. Cut me to the heart. Pierce between my soul and my spirit. If we allow this piercing to happen, God can move in our lives and bring about permanent changes. Everlasting changes. The problem is that few are willing to be cut to the heart at the depth needed to bring about lasting change. Because of a fear of being judged by others, we too often avoid acknowledgement of our sins. What would they think of me if I acknowledged my sin? Would they call me a hypocrite? Would they judge me? Would they talk about me behind my back? It doesn't matter if we're going to God. All of us have sinned, the Bible says. Anyone who does not acknowledge sin is a liar. All of us have sinned. But because of a fear of being judged by others, because of our sins, our impure thoughts, or our weaknesses, we don't let God's Word cut us to the heart at the depth needed to bring about change. Pride prevents the Word of God from cutting us to the heart to actually divide between the soul and the spirit to get to the intents of the heart and plant truth there. Too many people get offended when presented with biblical truth. How dare the pastor speak against that is the reply by many who are not willing to be wrong and cut to the heart. You know, the pastor's job has been falsely been promoted. It's not about getting up and speaking nice things to make you feel good. My job as a pastor and anybody's job as a minister of the Word is to speak the truth so that it cuts you to the heart. People say, well, I don't want to get offended. Listen, the Word of God has to offend else your flesh will not change. It's my job. Knowing that I have to preach the Word of God hoping to cut each of us to the heart so that we, the Word goes in deep enough to change us. And trusting God that when we lay ourselves bare before God, the Word will get in and make change at the heart level. This is why so many people only see surface changes or temporary changes because they don't let the Word get in far enough. If we truly want to see changes in our lives so that we become more like Jesus each and every day, then we must be willing to allow His Word to cut us to the heart. Only then can we grow as individuals and grow as a church. If you recall, Peter preached to those in Jerusalem and he did not pull any punches. In Acts chapter 2, verse 36, he said, therefore, let all the house of Israel know that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified. He has made Him both Lord and Christ. Verse 37, And when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? You see, Peter didn't apologize for this direct statement. He knew that he was called to speak to hearts, not emotions. The only way that repentance can happen is if truth is fully allowed to convict at the heart level. 
But when it does, you see an honest response and a desire for people to change. You see a true and penitent heart that wants to get right with God and therefore cries out, what can I do? What shall I do? Instead of, no, it wasn't me. It's His fault. This is the reason why I'm acting that way. You would act this way too. It's not about that. It's about going before God and saying, God, I have sinned. I want to get right with You. What shall I do? Acts 2.38 Then Peter said to them, Repent. And let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You see, God's answer to bring about renewal and lasting change is through the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit moving freely through all believers. Understand that it was by the work of the Holy Spirit, not by the works of men, that the church grew throughout the world. This section in Acts chapter 2 is talks about the early church, how it, how it started to grow. And many people have spent a lot of time studying and trying to find a program there or formula to follow and how do we grow the church. And really, if we go before God and repent and allow the Holy Spirit to work through us, it's the Holy Spirit that grows the church. But we need to be willing to go there. God's answer to bring about renewal and change is allowing the Holy Spirit to work through believers. Too many people today are trying to bring about change in Christian circles by elevating a man or a woman or a movement or a claim. Yet the only way that the church can grow and take its authentic place in the world in the power of Jesus' name is by allowing God's Word to cut us to the heart first. In other words, it's not by pumping up ourselves, but rather by us admitting our sins. Acknowledging that we are powerless. Our flesh does not want to admit that. Our flesh does not want to say that we are wrong and that we can't do something. And yet that's the beginning of being humble before God and receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit to fill us, to fill all of us. You see, if we don't admit that we're powerless, we still hold something back, then we allow the Holy Spirit to fill every place except for that one part in our lives. We have to come to the end of ourselves to receive all of God. To allow Him to renew us and regenerate our spirits and guide us each and every day. As we look to the words of Peter, I believe His words are prophetic in nature. For this could be spoken to us in today's context right now. It is a word that we all need to hear and respond to in like manner. Acts chapter 2 Verse 39 and 40, he continues, For the promise of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far off. As many as the Lord our God will call. And with many other words he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Do you ever feel like you're living in a perverse generation? God's promise of restoration and renewal through the Holy Spirit is available to everyone who cries out to Him with a humble and convicted heart. There is only one way to be saved from this perverse generation. It's not through politics. 
or listening to news stations or reading articles on the Internet. We must be cut to the heart and turn to God. We absolutely need the Holy Spirit to massage pure and undiluted truth into our souls. We need to be willing to receive directly from God. Acts 2.41 Then those who gladly received His Word were baptized. And that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. You see, there was no magic formula or a certain man to follow. The people simply refused to blame others. They owned up to their own sinful thoughts and actions and gladly received the Word of God without justification and without excuse. Each of them realized that change could not be brought about by their own hands or by their own efforts. A complete reliance and wholehearted devotion and dependence on God was the only answer to their problems. And as a result, 3,000 were added to the church in a single day. 3,000 hearts were changed permanently. And momentum began to be built for the kingdom of God in the earth. Acts 2, 42 and 43. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. And then fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. You see, their focus completely changed. They devoted themselves to study, to encouraging one another to the breaking of bread, and to constant prayers. And you know what? The whole world went on around them. But their concern was not with the world events and how bad or unfair the government was. In fact, the government in their time was way worse and way more unfair than anything we face today. It was against the law to be a Christian. Believers were openly jailed, beaten, and violently killed as the public cheered on these murders. And yet, these believers in Christ did not turn their attention and energy to debates and conspiracies and revolutions. Their focus became singularly focused on God, encouraging others of like mind and making Christ known in the midst of their perverse generation. There were apostles who while they were being crucified, witnessed to the people who were killing them. Their focus was on Christ. They were wholeheartedly devoted to Christ and sharing His Word with all who would listen. And as they continued in Christ, a godly fear came upon every soul. This was not the fear of the world or a fear of what man thought of them or a fear of what man could do to them. They walked in the fear of the Lord, looking only to Him and His direction for their lives. They were not consumed by the fear of man, even as society regressed all around them. Their only fear was the fear of the Lord, seeking to please Him and to trust Him with their very lives. And when the Holy Spirit moved in mighty ways with wonders and signs, it was done through the apostles, to confirm the Word of God as they preached with boldness. They would go into the market squares, go into the temple, go into the streets, and preach the Word of God with boldness. And the signs 
follow the Word of God, to confirm the Word of God. There are too many people out here nowadays in society seeking the signs and seeking the wonders and seeking the miracles instead of seeking God. If we preach the Word of God, if we share the Word of God, if we know the Word of God, the signs will follow to confirm the Word of God. That's how the early church started. Acts 2.44 Now all who believed were together and had all things in common. They were together. They trusted each other because they all had unswerving trust in their God. This was not a movement or a social club or a group where people could simply get their needs met and feel fulfilled. This was the picture of God's family. The body of Christ, the church, completely submitted to one another as the Bible calls us to be. Acts 2.45 They sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. This is the sign of a body of believers who are committed and submitted to one another. What's keeping you from moving to this stage in your walk with God and in your choice to submit and commit to like-minded believers around you? The church did not grow until all were together by the Holy Spirit. There were no fears of committing to one another, no excuses that held them back. They were all members of one another. They were singularly focused on Christ and making Him known. They were aware of each other's needs and willing to share all they had to assist this tight-knit family of believers no matter how big it got. Acts 2.46 So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. It's not a difficult thing. They didn't make religion be a difficult thing of a bunch of different rules to follow. They ate with gladness and simplicity of heart. Their singular goal was to seek God and to make Him known. And as they did it, God brought them all together. You see, the way that they continued daily in one accord was through constant prayer. Prayer unites hearts and minds as the focus becomes singular and directed to God alone. An orchestra does not come together by each person tuning to the person next to them. If the trumpets tune to the clarinets and the trombones tune to the saxophones and the French horns tune to the flutes, you would have several competing sounds and no harmony. The only way an orchestra becomes all in tune, in the same tune, is if the conductor plays a single note and all the instruments tune to that one note. Thus, the only way to have the true unity is to have each of us lay down our will and our excuses and freely submit to God, seeking Him in constant prayer and lifting up the burdens of those in need. And there are many who are depending on us, the body of Christ, to go before God in faith with their needs and being open to whatever the Lord would ask us to do. 
when we all believe the power in prayer and all faithfully submit to one another as we submit to God, then the church becomes the true hope of the world today by the blood of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, and by the love of God. The goal of all local expressions of Christ today, regardless of denomination, the goal is to become like the early church in Acts. Acts 2.47 Praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Saved from a perverse generation. When we take care of God's priorities and trust Him alone, then He adds to the church daily those who are being saved from this perverse generation. This is the biblical recipe to grow the church, to strengthen the individual, and to be the voice and hands and feet of Christ in the world. We must be willing to follow Jesus' lead and seek out wisdom from God above. Back to Proverbs chapter 2, verse 2. So that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. You see, we must make the effort to incline our ear to wisdom from God. Our actions must match our prayers. What do I mean by that? I mean, we can't ask God for our daily bread and then go looking for it on the cable news shows and internet articles and social media posts. If we are asking God to give us daily wisdom, then we must go to His Word and stay in it until we are enlightened and empowered by Him. We must apply our heart to understanding, asking God to convict us of anything that we are doing or thinking or saying that prevents us from getting closer to Him. And when God reveals truth to us, we can't resist it. We have to embrace it. I know my flesh doesn't like to receive truth when it's convicted. My flesh likes to blame it on someone else or you don't know what I've been through or not let it get too close, but we can't do that. We have to trust that it is from God if we are in His Word. We have to embrace truth and be willing to let the Holy Spirit make the necessary changes in our lives. That's how we apply our heart to understanding. Proverbs 2, verse 3. Yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, God is looking for your heart to cry out to Him, to make a diligent effort to seek His face and search for His wisdom and lean not so heavily on your own wisdom or the wisdom from man, which demands the attention of so many people today. We should not be so lost in confusion about how to proceed. God asks us to cry out to Him for discernment, to be guided from within by the Holy Spirit. He calls us to go in search of wisdom that He desires to give us. Yes, truth in society has been crucified. Trustworthiness in society is a casualty. But the truth from God is everlasting and pure. And God asks us to cry out to Him for discernment. Proverbs 2, verse 4 and 5. If you seek her, speaking of wisdom, If you seek her as silver and search for her as hidden treasures, 
Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. You see, our goal is to understand the fear of the Lord, not to be bound by the fear of man. We have to regain our bearings and set our sights on the Lord and His kingdom in the earth. There are people right now praying for something different. Praying that 2021 will be different. As the body of Christ, we need to respond. We hold that light in the darkness. God calls us to the adventure of seeking Him and searching for wisdom as for a hidden treasure. It's hidden in His Word. And if you're up to the challenge, then God will grant you understanding and discernment and give you godly direction for this new year and beyond. Are you up to the task? Verse 6 and 7. For the Lord gives wisdom. From His mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He stores that up for you if you're willing to seek Him. He is a shield to those who walk uprightly. God has stored up wisdom for you in His Word, but it takes your willingness to search for it, your diligence to seek God alone, and your perseverance to not give up in the face of trials. And if you feel like you want to give up, then find a believer to stand with you. All of us here who are committed to this church and many other places are willing to stand with you until you can begin believing as well. So don't be ashamed to say that you have doubts or that your faith is lacking. Be willing to come forward and say, I need someone to stand with me. That's what the body of Christ has been called to do, to stand with our brothers and sisters, to believe and trust God. When you seek God in His Word and in constant prayer, God promises to be your shield to protect you. He is the one to whom we all must run. Verse 8 and 9, He guards the path of justice and preserves the way of His saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice, equity and every good path. Let your mind and your heart hear the truth of these words. God is the one who guards the path of justice. He is the one who preserves the way of His saints, of His believers. We cannot let the world define justice for us because then it attempts to secure justice by human logic or by human effort or by human will. We must all turn to God. This must be the year of humility. A year of repentance. Of acknowledging that we have relied too much on ourselves. And now we desperately need Jesus. We all must cry out to Him for He Alone is our guide. Verse 10, when wisdom enters your heart, don't go past that. When wisdom enters your heart and knowledge is pleasant to your soul, discretion will preserve you and understanding will keep you. I can't say this enough. Too many people are too quick to read through the Proverbs because they are poetic in nature. Yet the reason why they don't see the everlasting change in their lives is because they miss the main point of wisdom entering the heart, not just the mind. Wisdom must enter the heart in order for us to gain discretion to preserve us and understanding to keep us. 
The only way that this can happen is by allowing God's Word to cut us to the heart. But if we are diligent to do this, there are great promises for us from God. Proverbs 1.33 Whoever listens to Me will dwell safely and will be secure without fear of evil. Is that your heart's cry in society today? Is that your heart's cry in the world today to be secure without fear of evil? To dwell safely in God? Listen, I don't know what you have been consuming your thoughts and trying to demand your attention today. I know the pandemic and its effects are on the minds of many. I know the economy and financial security is up in the air. I know the political climate is is in great disarray and many are either crying foul or tired of all the nonsense. But I also know that God is sovereign and still sitting on His throne. I know that there is nothing that surprises Him and He has always had and always will have a plan to prevail. The question becomes, are you willing to cry out to Him alone? Are you willing to be cut to the heart with this living and active Word? Are you willing to get your mind and your heart and your life right with God so that He can truly renew you this year? Are you ready to begin your 2021 journey of seeking God like you never have before as you go in search of His perfect wisdom for your unique situation? He stands ready for you and ready to guide you at every step. Let's all choose to respond to this call and advance together. He must be our all in all. Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your Word. I pray, God, that Your Word would burn in our hearts, that we would see You as You trying to make us become more like You. God, I pray that we do not have excuses or justification that keeps you from making it all the way down to the heart level. Help us to worship you in spite of our weaknesses, in spite of our sins. God, I pray that this year you would truly be our all in all.